WFNR, Football Nation Radio. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Yes, welcome to the show where the football bosses, Michael Zapponi, Tony Pinana with you, uh, as you heard, uh, with thanks to DKP and co, Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning. Uh, this is the football bosses on FNR Football Nation Radio. Tony, welcome back. Massive to reaction to uh, the show last week and uh, the conversation with Greg Griffin uh, from Adelaide United, the chairman of Adelaide United, and uh, it was great to see the conversation continue on social media during the week, but it really touched a nerve, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, Greg was great. He didn't, doesn't hold back. Greg um, said it how it is, and you know that's that's the frustrations out out there with the uh, with the clubs and uh, and FFA got to start to listen. They got to understand what's uh, what's out there and, and try and work this uh, this thing through. For those who missed the show last week, uh, we're going to follow through that conversation tonight because we've got uh, a special guest from the FFA, Grego Walk, who's the uh, head of the A League, uh, coming onto the show tonight, and and he'll answer some of those questions uh, raised by. Greg Griffin, uh, yes, uh, last week on the program, and uh, it, it will be an interesting conversation. But the, the the nerve center of it, the conversation is all about, uh, you know, the reform process and the fact that uh, the clubs are really agitating for more say in the running of the game. Yeah, exactly. But um, you know, I, I think we've got to leave Greg alone on on that. He's, uh, <laughs> he's he heads the A League and W League, and uh, you know, it's something that. Um, David Gallup needs to uh, get on and answer it. And um, no, we did I, ask David to come on. Yeah, he looked the Dave, program. Yeah, he was great. He's uh, he, he said he'll come on. Um, he, he wants to get the EGM out out the way. So uh, let's get the EGM out the way, and then we'll we'll get him on and we'll ask away. Now, if you've got a question for the head of the A League, uh, make sure you, you tweet us and. Uh, um, We'll uh, put the question through to Greg uh, on tonight, and he'll focus on, as you said, the All Matters A-League and uh, W-League kicking off this weekend. There's been a lot of conversation, Tony, about uh, the start of the A-League this season and the crowds and the TV figures, all of which have been uh, underwhelming. Uh, Is it a problem that uh, we need to be concerned about? Look, it is. I mean, the Sydney Derby didn't sell out, and um, our second guest will be Danny Townsend, um, the new CEO of Sydney FC. And um, yeah, I, I want to ask him as, as to why it didn't sell out. I mean, the last six have, and, and this one didn't. Um, I, I think Fox numbers have been good. I mean, you're probably closer to it, Michael. I think Fox sports numbers, but one has been a little bit disappointing, and the exposure was meant to get you know in, in the high ones, and the, Fox are beating it at the moment. So it's something that needs to be uh, looked at, and I know. And it'll be a question to Greg as, as to what the FFA are doing when working with them. Send us a tweet if you want a question to Greg O'Rourke or even the new CEO of Sydney FC coming up later in the program. And for the best tweet over the last couple of weeks, we're giving away a magnificent prize. We're $3,000, Tony. Uh, a double pass to the Money in Sport Conference, which is uh, up on the Gold Coast coming up in November. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a fantastic uh, three days and... Um the Money in Sport Conference. Uh, I've been to all of them, and they're, they're a great, uh, great event. So, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, people can uh, tweet in and 
Good to go. Yeah, we had plenty last week, and uh, Money in Sport uh, is a fantastic event. Anyone interested uh, in the world of football, and especially the business side of football, uh, should go along to that uh, up on the Gold Coast in November. Thanks to Tribal Sports Management uh, for that prize. The best tweet uh, uh, will... Uh, Get together, uh, get our heads together over uh, the next couple of days, and announce that on Twitter. But um, I just want to have a chat to you uh, before we uh, get Greg O'Rourke up on uh, the line about the um, FFA Cup final. Adelaide United uh, last night won through to to the final. They will play Sydney FC. Adelaide United uh, have won the FFA Cup a couple of seasons ago. Now um, we had a final there. It was magnificent at Hindmarsh Stadium. It was a sellout. Uh, I dare say if that game was held in Sydney, this final coming up, uh, we won't sell out Allianz Stadium. No, you wouldn't. Um, look, I went through this last season when uh, Sydney won through the uh, FFA Cup final with Melbourne City. And um, now we had to put a submission in as to why Sydney FC should hold the final in, in Sydney at Allianz and Melbourne City as well. And uh, look, it's very... Um, you know, it comes down to a lot of, uh, I suppose, points, costs, um, crowds, everything like that. Um, you know, you can say positive thing for, for Adelaide, you know, have 18,000 people there sell at their high marsh stadium. But then is that fair to Sydney who, uh, you know, qualify for the last two years and don't get a home final? So... Well, our, our program looks about the business of, of sport, the business of football. So if you're sitting at the FFA and uh, you're looking at the, the bottom line, you're thinking, well, we're chance to make more money uh, having this final in Adelaide. Uh, tough on Sydney FC because uh, they've made the final last year and didn't host it. Um, they made the final two seasons ago as well, didn't they, against Melbourne Victory? Was that... Uh, that was the A-League final. The A-League final. Don't well, remind me of that, will you? Jeez. That, about it. that was that. Was that their first FFA Cup final last season? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So away from home last season, this season again potentially away from home. As you said, not fair. But if you you're putting your business hat on, and you're sitting at the FFA, you want to play that game in Adelaide. Well, you want to play where it's going to you know sell out. Um, I think crowd wise, I'll probably get the same. But it will come down the cost of high in high marsh versus Allianz. Um, Wanderers didn't help. The cause last night by um, meekly going down two one, you know, at home because it would have been a, a a derby FFA Cup final. You would have got, you know, thirty forty thousand people there. So uh, talk to us about the process. You said you were as the CEO of Sydney FC last year, involved in in the negotiation with the FFA about where the final would be held. Is that the same uh, process this year? Uh, as as far as you're aware, do they ask the clubs to put in a submission and and the best submission works and and holds the final? Um, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I know that they were meant to come out today with the venue. They still haven't. It's something we're going to ask Greg. Um, you know, last year we had to put in, uh, you know, the submission. Then they'll go as to why we should have the final uh, at our home ground. But to be honest, it's a waste of time because they'll decide what, what they want to decide. And um, So where, where do you think they'll ha- have the final? My gut feel is Adelaide. I think they'll have an Adelaide because they'll um, be able to sell it out, be good on TV. Um, 18,000 people and, um, you know, a great spectacle. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's that's where they'll end up. I think that the process is, is broken. I think they need to have a better process as to where they decide the final uh, is held. Um, and at the moment, it, it's, it's really – it sounds like they're just making it up on the run. Easy solution, Michael. I said it last year and I've been saying it for a long time. Draw lots. Go on Fox Sports and draw lots. So you get the captain, Broski, you get the captain of Adelaide, pull out 
you know, a ball or toss a coin live and wherever that it lands, you, you play the home game um, because uh, it comes down to this. You're not going to win. FFA ain't going to win. They're going to upset Sydney fans. They're going to upset Adelaide fans. You know, look at Perth, you know, two years in a row, they, they made the finals and they had to play in Adelaide and then they had to go and play. I can't remember the other time where they played. In Melbourne against yeah. Victory as well. So just draw lots. All right. Before uh, we join uh, Greg on the line, I, I just want to ch- touch again on that um, numbers, the TV numbers uh, over the weekend. Uh, the, the numbers were in the low ones, as you said, for for uh, for Channel One, <laughs> 10's Channel One, yeah. and uh, Fox Sports numbers were, were high for for the for the Derby. It gets back to promotion, and I don't think there's been enough promotion on uh, on the A League. Uh, in the start of the season. Now, a question we'll ask Greg, but as an A-League club CEO, as you were at Sydney FC and, and the Wellington Phoenix, do you have any say in, in where the marketing dollar goes? No, we don't. Um, yeah, this is clear space for the A-League now. There's no big bash. The a- AFL's finished, the NRL, all the big games are now. They, be sh- they should be spending some money. Get that momentum going, and it'll carry through Christmas when big bash – and then have something because finals are going to sell out anyhow because the, you know, the, the attention is around those last few games. But um, they haven't spent anything at all, and uh, it's been disappointing. And uh, I know there's a lot of um, upset people in Clubland at the moment. All right, uh, we'll put some of those questions to Greg O'Rourke, head of the A League, after this short break. FNR Football Nation Radio. Here comes the money. Here we go. Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Yeah, welcome back. Michael Zapponi, uh, Tony Pinata with you. Don't forget to send your questions through uh, hashtag football bosses. Speaking of uh, the football bosses, uh, one of the bosses of Australian football joins us now. His name is Greg O'Rourke, head of the Hyundai A-League, and we thank you for joining us on Football Bosses, uh, Greg. Good evening, Zappa. Mate, uh, we did say at the top of the show that uh, we had a massive reaction uh, last week uh, when we had Greg Griffin on, uh, and uh, we won't uh, touch any of those issues tonight because uh, we have been in touch with the CEO, David Gallup, and and Dave said he's more than happy to address any of those issues uh, when he comes on the show in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, we'll park that uh, discussion for the moment, but uh, we want to talk to you about the A-League and the W-League, and... Obviously, you'd be pretty excited about uh, the W League kicking off this weekend. I can't remember a lead-in to a W League season. It's been so big. We had the Matildas in town uh, in Australia last month and uh, two magnificent crowds. And the, the star factor has really built with, uh, with these uh, girls that are playing the game at the moment. So it's a, a perfect storm, I, I suppose, as we lead into week one of the W League. Yeah, no, it uh, has been a great lead-in, as you say, Zappa. I mean, we had plan to do quite a few very different things this season anyway, um, particularly have the more and more double-headers and have the 25 double-headers with the A-League games, um, broaden our um, broadcast offer, if you like, with two games a week on Fox and then also those two games being simulcast on SBS2 on Viceland. Um and, and just a whole different approach. We had the pre-season CBA agreed with the W League players. And, um, you know, it was all going really, really well and just amplified, as you say, with 
success of uh, the Matildas. And this weekend, you kick off with uh, a grand final replay, which is uh, which is a nice way to kick off with uh, Perth Glory up against Melbourne City. Yeah, we did exactly the same in the A League, and uh, you know the want was to be consistent, right? Was to have a grand final replay in the A League and do exactly the same in the W League, and. Uh, you know, even more important, I suppose, if you think that you're looking at uh, the superstar Sam Kerr returning and having her first game on home soil in her W League uh, team um, as being on, on night one. You know, and that's the second game on that uh, day. Friday will actually start a bit earlier on the East Coast with Sydney FC up against Brisbane Raw. And that game could see up to, you know, 10 Matildas uh, take the field between the two teams. Hey Greg, Tony Pinato, how are you? Hey Tony, good to hear you, man. Hey, um, have you announced the FFA Cup venue yet? <laughs> no, we haven't. We're going to uh, announce it uh, tomorrow. We feel um, free to give spent... us a scoop, Greg. Just, no, just well, we're amongst yeah. friends here. <laughs> the scoop will be that uh, <laughs> we'll announce it tomorrow. But look, you know, as as you know, having been in role last uh, year, it's uh, it's not a easy decision, and you need to take into account. A number of factors, football factors, travelling factors, uh, commercial factors, um, and the essence of the FFA Cup, if you like, in respect of what does it represent. So many things um, to take into account, and some of those um, pieces of information, if you like, um, we're still waiting on, but we'll we'll have them by 9 o'clock in the morning, and then we can announce um, within a couple of hours after that. Well, either either way you go, you're going to either have Scott Barlow call you or Greg Griffin call you and uh, give you an earful like uh, like last year, Greg. You know that. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I understand that uh, it's not just for the FFA Cup final that uh, you sort of make 50% of the uh, teams happy one day and then the other 50% not so happy. But, you know, that's football. Um, look, I think the decision-making needs to be what's the right thing for, for football. I mean, I always try to think a little bit further than just that one game. You know, I'm trying to think about what what we can make the FFA Cup into and what does it represent. So not just where's this game scheduled, but, you know, what what is its opportunity to make the FFA Cup and the FFA Cup final something very special on our calendar? Because it's a um, huge advantage playing at home and we've seen, you know, the last FFA Cups, all the home teams have won it, even the A-League final, you know, the home team wins it. Um, most of the time. So, you know, if you decide on those grounds, you're going to disadvantage one side uh, heaps. I, I don't know, you know, I've always said maybe sometimes just even draw lots, you know, bring them in the Fox Sports, bring the two captains in, and then that takes all that equa- out of the um, equation. So, Yeah, no, look, I, definitely, definitely something we should uh, think about. And um, you know what it's like, though, when you draw lots even in the earlier uh Rounds, if you like, of the uh, FFA Cup when you get to the round of 32 and 16, etc. Um, you know, the Twitter goes off that the uh, somebody's got warm balls and cold balls in those pots, and you know, there's <laughs> also the conspiracy theory. So, um, you know, many different theories about how do you go about it, but I still think you'll have 50% of the people hoping and 50% of the people not so. Yeah, I've hosted a few of those uh, draws live on Fox Sports, Greg, and I can uh, dispel any myths there. There's there's nothing untoward going on with those balls in those pots. Um, from, a, from a spectacle, though, uh, you know, you look at Hindmarsh Stadium, and we are discussing this a little bit earlier, a, a packed 
Tynemarsh Stadium of 17,000 um, certainly looks better and feels better um, than than 20,000 at Allianz if, if that's what you were to attract. So, um, and probably less than that, let's be honest, at, at Sydney uh, for a midweek fixture. So uh, f- from that point of view, uh, f- you know, if you're sitting uh, in the neutral uh, part of this conversation, you think, well, you'd much rather be at Pinemarsh with a with a packed venue. Yeah, I mean, you need to take that into consideration clearly, right? And and what does that look like on broadcast? Um, but you know, it's not it's not the only factor. Um, it's a large factor. But you know, the other factors that you would you would take into account would include things like you know, if Sydney FC were to um, not host, if you like, based on the fact of the size of their stadium and the fact that they might be able to attract the same crowd number that you could in a smaller boutique stadium uh, such as Coopers or um, some of the other smaller stadiums that we play in, you know, Central Coast, Newcastle, etc. Um, you know, is that sort of the fair thing to do as well, to say, well, we'll never have a Sydney FC home game in the FFA Cup final because their stadium is too big. So, you know, there's there's plenty of those things. There's the fixtures that are already scheduled around the Sydney FC games. There's a schedule around the um, Coopers games. I mean, if you think about another one of the things that uh, would happen in Hindmarsh, if we play it in Hindmarsh, then 10 days later, the exact same fixture will also be played in Coopers. So, you know, you'll have the same fixture 10 days apart. So it's not easy and all those sorts of things go into the decision-making before we pop out with a clear answer. But even when we get to an answer, it won't be one that is uh, crystal clear because there'll be pros and cons for both. You can blame the Wanderers for all this, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Always blame the Wanderers. Yeah, well, Sydney FC will always blame the Wanderers. But, yeah, no, I understand that, uh, you know, if it had come into... uh, If Wanderers had beaten Adelaide, the decisions um, might have been a bit different. At least the state would have been confirmed or the city. Now, uh, I want to have a chat about uh, the the lead-in to the A-League. And I I did see a report during the week about uh, the promotion, and uh, I think you were quoted uh, as saying that, you know, you haven't spent a lot of money early on uh, wanting to to save that... uh, for later in the season. Can you explain the reasons behind that? Yeah, a couple of things. I, I suppose, you know, there is a limited amount of cash in any sport. Um, you know, particularly we get compared to um, NRL and AFL um, and cricket, and all three of those um, particularly have much larger incomes based on broadcast. So therefore we have to cut our cloth. And I know... The general punter doesn't um, like to hear that, but, you know, it's a fact, right? A fact is that our income base from our um, Fox deal, if you like, which is well publicised, is significantly lower than our competitors, and, you know, therefore we, we need to act differently. Now, the, the plan this year, or the strategy this year, is that we found last year, uh, consistent with um, the years before that as well, that... The popularity, if you like, of our game, or at least the attendability of our game, dropped off quite significantly as the um, rounds progressed, if you like. And you know, we were criticised at that point in time for not having enough marketing to sustain 27 weeks of home and away. So the strategy has changed a bit. We didn't go with the big bang. We went with um, what could be considered quite a soft launch. 
Um, use some big games if you like on the calendar to do a lot of our marketing by scheduling. So, you know, started with the grand final replay, then followed up with the Melbourne Derby, followed up with the Sydney Derby on the same weekend as the um, Adelaide uh, Melbourne Victory Clash in Adelaide Oval, which was their um, Adelaide's first home game, round three at Adelaide Oval. So, you know, to do that, but then to have money to spend on, you know, rounds 10 to... 18 and rounds 19 to 27 so that um, we continue to do that. We've got some some good plans, um, some things I want to sort of keep close to my chest at this point in time. But I'm sure that, um, you know, when the season's finished, people will be able to say that, you know, this time the A-League well, it didn't start with a big bang and then sort of be run down. It was a fairly consistent and continued to be... Um, you know, showing metric improvement year on year. Greg, you've been disappointed with the um, TV ratings on um, Channel 10 or 1? Yeah, but, well, it, it actually needs to sort of be looked at in respect. We always knew we were going to build it, Tony, and so if you look at round one, the first um, week's ratings were 117,000 um, against Fox's 107. So, I mean, the first thing to notice there is that you know, we were doubling our um, our audience that we were normally getting on a Saturday night if you, um, you know, moved to the fact that SPS2 was a Friday night fixture before and we didn't have that. And we knew we were going to build it. When we spoke to Channel 10 about their one programming, we expected to land at a forecast of about 1.5 or 1, 1.5x what we get in Fox. So if you get 100,000 on Fox that would extend to be 150,000 on one. So you know, 117 against 107 was starting there. The following week, round two, which was the Melbourne Derby, was heading in the right direction. It grew again to 126 against uh, Fox's 121. What was um, you know disappointing, but you know fairly explainable, if you like, was the round three uh, TV audience, which Fox was still consistent at 113. But the Channel One program dropped off uh, down to ninety three and a half thousand, so dropped off by about thirty percent from the previous week, which is disappointing. But I don't want to make excuses. But uh, the reality is that Channel Ten ran the Bledisloe Cup um, on their primary channel and us on their secondary channel head to head, and the um, numbers of sports-loving fans that are not A-League fans, which are the people we're trying to attract through the free-to-air Channel 1, um, preferred to watch the Bledisloe than move across and watch us. What we did notice was the reach wasn't too um, too different, but what actually did happen is um, I think people got a sniff that the Wallabies had a chance of beating the All Blacks and hadn't done so for a long time after the Wallabies had scored earlier. And uh, people sort of switched off the A-League and switched back onto the Bledisloe to uh, to wait and see how that was done. So we're expecting, you know, not going head-to-head with any major other sporting event this uh, Saturday or, you know, in the foreseeable future until we get to the Big Bash that um, we'll build back and that's what we're going to work on. Yep. Great explanation, Greg, and that's, uh, that's why we uh, talk to people like you. You know, you know, you know the answers. Now, expansion. Um, yep. It's something that um, you know my Twittering tweets over the last few days have been asking about that. Um, 
We were meant to get something back in February, never happened. I know FFA looking at the, um, the, the, the financial model of the clubs and, uh, and what's, uh, what, what's happening there. But um, I feel that, you know, it is stagnating a little bit. You know, 10 teams, it's been 10 teams for a long time. Um, you know, we need to start this expansion, expansion process. So can you explain where we're at with, uh, with expansion and what's happening, the criteria, everything around, around that? Yeah, happy to do so, Tony. So um, I think the first point I'd like to make on expansion is that there is no um, alternate view held by myself or anyone else in the FFA that we shouldn't be expanding. So um, everyone is aligned that we need to expand, and there's been a lot of work done at the FFA in respect of expansion. Um, You know, um, we engaged um, third-party consultants to basically proof... Um, the work that we had done just to make sure that it was, um, you know, on the money in, in respect of, you know, the data analytics you need and, and the sort of futuristic thinking that you need about what does growth look like in uh, Australia for this game and for population and growth corridors, etc. And, you know, all that work was done and we know exactly now um, where would be our target um, expansion areas. So the question then comes, well, if you've done all the work, and you've got all the stuff, why haven't you entered the marketplace with, you know, asking for expressions of interest? And and the reason for that um, comes back to the work we're doing with the existing 10 A-League clubs on what is a different operating model for the A-League. As most people will be aware around the um, globe, you know, the professional game in many places is completely separated from the uh, Football Association. So if you were to look in uh, England, of course, you have the EPL. Separate to the English FA in in America, you have the MLS um, separated from US soccer and, you know, the J-League separated from the JFA, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we're exploring that model with the clubs um, and we're well down the track on, on doing that. And then the matters of Congress came up and a dispute, if you like, between... Um, the clubs, to speak frankly, and and the FFA in respect of what Congress looks like has just um, parked all that other work, which was, you know, collaborative, consultative. And I think David uh, Gallup sort of put it well when he said that, you know, you can't have people in one room um, sort of working very collaboratively between the clubs and the FFA and then, you know, another party in the next room. Um, working in a very different way, you need you need to sort of finish one thing and then you know, restart, if you like, to work on the expansion. So, as soon as we finish that that piece of um, work around Congress and around an independent um, or separated or structured different A League, um, once that work is restarted, because it's not as if we need to start it. We've done all the work, just got to restart it. Then expansion will be um, back on track. And then hopefully, you know, the seasons that we spoke about before of 2019-20, you know, we'll be looking to expand the A-League. So not next season, uh, the season after that, basically. Yeah, that's still the intent, right? And that's based on a want from all parties to get back to the table and uh, work through this because, you know, whether it's the FFA... Um, whether it's the clubs or whether or not it's just the general public, everyone's aligned to uh, to expand. And there's a lot of people you know, in the marketplace that have done a lot of work 
who want to be considered for um, you know to be the next expansion club. So um, we we need to reconnect all that. And what, what will the criteria be? Will you release the criteria, or they, they conversations that you have with uh, interested parties who've sort of proactive proactively have come to you? We will release it publicly. It'll be a public expressions of interest, um, and and you know it'll also be a clear statement about not only what is the criteria, but also the target um, geographies, if you like, that we'll be looking at. Um, now that doesn't mean we won't consider applications from outside those, but you know we'll have a preferred position. That preferred position will be based on. You know, again, I'll quote David before, you know, fish where the fish are, you know, just make sure that, um, you know, we can grow the whole of the game because what we need to do is not just add an 11th and a 12th club, but we actually need to add uh, another couple of clubs and maybe another couple after that, but actually that bring the whole of the league forward. We can see the advantages in some markets of derbies and we can see the disadvantage in some markets of not having um, a derby and you know unlike AFL and unlike NRL where many teams play each other and the away fans can simply drive to the uh, opposing ground to watch their team and you know many games are played with a reasonable amount of away fans we don't have that really outside of derbies because you know you, you see games the other week Sydney FC versus Wellington Phoenix you know um a reasonable turnout of Sydney FC people, but the Wellington Phoenix, as you would expect, which is an international flight, you know, would have been lucky to have 40, 50 people there. So, you know, there's a lot of dynamics inside our game which is incomparable to others where, you know, they can get a tram um, to the opposing club and, and sit comfortably and watch their team as the opposition. We did call uh, for questions on Twitter. That was one of them. And uh, another one uh, comes uh, to you, Greg, uh, around the $300,000 per club in marketing, which has gone uh, back to the clubs. Is that right? And and is that how the structure uh, worked with uh, with that marquee fund? Yeah, so it's a good question, right, because I wouldn't mind explaining it, right? So contractually with Fox, um, under the new agreement, there was $3 million that was put aside for what was uh, labelled the marquee fund. Um, with the intent that it had been over the last couple of years where the league um, would look to subsidise either one or two clubs, probably given history, um, to go and get a big-name international marquee and bring them into um, our league and then, you know, spike the interest in, you know, the, the way that, you know, Tony was able to do when he, when he signed Del Piero. Um, however, in speaking to the CEOs and the uh, club owners this time, you know, a couple of different dynamics. One was that those sorts of players that were going to come here were priced out of the A-League bracket. They were quite expensive, um, you know, doubled, tripled what they'd been three, four years ago in playing in Asia and playing in other parts of uh, leagues like the MLS. Um, and what that was doing was leaving those players that were wanting to come to Australia, if I could put it that way, to be um, right towards the end of their career. Um so, you know, the question became, do we really want to bring someone to this league that is really um, 
you know, not going to really cut it with the rest of the quality in the squad. And we also found that most of the coaches, the A-League coaches, became more disinterested in bringing somebody like that to the league for what it would do with team dynamics, team quality, etc. So what we decided to do was to use the $3 million and to break it evenly so that every club, all 10 clubs, would A, have access to the money, but B, we tagged the funding to say that your 300000 has to be commuted against the plan, which they've also provided us, against building heroes, local heroes, um, from within your team. Now, it could be that they use an international marquee, and you can see the quality of most of the internationals that have already arrived in our shores, on our shores for the last uh, three rounds has been significant. Use the money to promote them in the marketplace. Maybe use a homegrown player to promote in the marketplace and maybe somebody else in your club that actually just have the X factor that you would like to promote. Because one of the things that we see in other codes that we don't necessarily see in our code yet is that there is a lot of player worshipping in the AFL, uh, player worshipping in the NRL where certain key players are recognisable on the street, people walking around on weekends with their jerseys on with their players' names on the back. And we don't have a lot of that in the A-League. So a lot of that is due to a lack of exposure. Um, It's also due to the fact that a number of our players swap clubs probably too regularly. Um, and people don't become these local heroes. So you don't get the 10-year players very often. Now, we've got a handful of them, but, you know, AFL and NRL have got players that have played at certain clubs for, you know, 10 years all their life, if you like. And, you know, so we, we're using that 300000 It's part of a $3 million package, and I like to talk to the CEOs about it's a $3 million package of building local heroes. And, you know, to, to some degree, this is this is um, what we're starting. And as I said, you won't see all this money being spent in rounds one, two and three because we've got 27 rounds to go. But the plans from the 10 clubs, um, for the most case, are very strong about how do we uh, achieve this. Greg, thanks very much uh, for answering all of our questions uh, tonight and uh, spending uh, a good deal of time with us. Um, we could have had you on for a whole hour. There's plenty of questions to throw at you, but we'll let you get back to your dinner. Yeah, back to my desk. Okay, no problem. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Greg. Guys. Greg O'Rourke, uh, head of the Hyundai A-League. It's a big job and uh, well, a thankless one at times because uh, you're never making everyone happy. But a big decision, as uh, Greg revealed, will be announced tomorrow as uh, the host uh, city of the Westfield FFA Cup will be announced. I reckon, reading between the lines, I'm less convinced that this game will be held in Adelaide, Tony. I thought he was building... I think he was building a bit of an argument argument for it to be played in Sydney. Yeah, maybe Central Coast. Well, stay tuned. We'll find out tomorrow. This is the Football Bosses on FNR. FNR. Football Nation Radio. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Ching, 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 ching.
And we thank our friends from the DKP and Co Chartered Accountants for their support and Aspire Financial Planning of the football bosses. We had one boss on the program tonight in Grigo Rourke, the head of the Hyundai A-League. And another one joins us now, the new boss of Sydney FC, Danny Townsend, joins us, Michael Zapponi and Tony Pignata with you tonight. Danny, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, fellas. Nice to be on the show. Now, for those who don't know, uh, Danny did play uh, in the NSL, if uh, if my memory serves me correctly, and uh, you might have even scored in a grand final. Is this right? That's correct. It was a glittering career <laughs> that lasted about two seasons. But, uh, yeah, had the, the fortune of playing with a, a great team that won the, won the premiership, but unfortunately fell short of the, on a grand final, but managed to score at Olympic Park against South Melbourne. So, it was, yeah, it was a fun time, but... Uh, short-lived, put it that way. And uh, you spent the last, what, 10 years uh, overseas uh, working uh, in, in the field of sport. Tell us a little bit about your background for those uh, who don't know uh, Danny and, uh, of course, uh, now bringing you here to Sydney FC. Yeah, look, I had a sports marketing agency that, that we set up back in 2004 and and sort of um, grew that business around across Asia, moved to Singapore and spent five years there and and uh, then went to London, spent five years there working in, in obviously, the sports marketing environment, uh, predominantly with Premier League clubs and the like, and then uh, on to the United States, where I spent the last four years in New York. So it's been a bit of a journey, but it was a, was a great experience and saw a lot of good things, saw a lot of bad things, but uh, hopefully put some of those learnings into place uh, here at Sydney FC. Danny, Tony, how are you? Hey, Tony, how are you, mate? Oh, um, how's my, how's the desk going? Um, you had the, how long have you been there now? A month? Mate, I've been uh, but yeah, just just over three weeks in the chair. There's, there's still your your old pair of slippers underneath the desk <laughs> there that I've had to sort of move out. But other than that, it's uh, it's all good, mate. As I said, big shoes to fill and and uh, trying to carry on with all of your good work, mate. No, you're doing well, man. I've seen you on Twitter answering all the questions. Um, I'll uh, tell you offline who to avoid, but um, no, they're, yeah. all, they're all good, mate. They're all good. Tony will start sending yeah. you some questions too, just to stir the pot probably. No, why not? Why not? It's all good banter. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Danny, you got the star. Well done. That was an excellent get. Um, great uh, great brand. And look, I know there's been a you know a little bit of uh, – stuff out there about uh, gambling and all that but um, look I see the star is a, a a good corporate brand and you, you don't have to go to the star just to gamble you can go there for restaurants you go there for functions you go there for bars so it's uh, an interesting question because uh, corporate social responsibility is is uh, uh, a question that you know big corporates and sporting organizations have to uh, uh, deal with every day and and having that social conscious is that is that something that you considered when when uh, looking at this this partnership Danny yeah absolutely I think you know we, we pride ourselves on being a, an inclusive club and and families are core to our, our our fan and supporter base but you know I think the the likes of you know the, the genuine betting organizations your bet three six fives etc would never would never be an option for us. Um, equally, you know, the star, as Tony pointed out, you know, they're an entertainment precinct. They've got, they do a lot of great in the community. Um, yes, they they have a, a casino attached to their precinct, but they've got a they're a theatre. They've got a lot of fantastic restaurants and retail environment. And we're very conscious of when we went through the process with them that the, the focus of their marketing initiatives with us would be leveraging their precinct rather than their casino. Um, and, and they, they're committed to doing that. We, we're also not putting the star on any of the youth shirts. Uh, that was something that was driven by the star because they do want to focus on the entertainment element of, of their business and, and not the gambling. 
Now, uh, we know that Sydney's a very competitive market. Australia's a competitive market, let's be honest. Uh, but Absolutely. getting cut through in that marketplace is, is always a challenge. And I know Tony did a good job in, in, in getting cut through. But the crowds, when you look at a big Sydney like city like Sydney, um, it is a difficult one to, to ensure that the, the people are coming through the gates and uh, we, there are multiple arguments around uh, the, the venue and uh, the, the location of the venue and the Melbourne v yep. Sydney argument about, you know, it's easy to get to the MCG or to Olympic Park here in Melbourne. In Sydney, it, it offers lots of challenges. What are your initial thoughts on, on uh, how best to get that cut through in that marketplace? Yeah, look, it's interesting. You know, I've had some experience in New York, which is probably one of the most cluttered professional sports marketing environments um, in the world, uh, with, I think, 14 or 15 professional sports teams playing out of the tri-state area. There's more in Sydney. Um, so put that in perspective, you've got 20-plus million population in New York compared to, you know, I think whatever it is, near enough to four or five here in Sydney, in the greater Sydney area. So, you know, it's competitive and, and we've got to work with the strengths that we have. And, you know, a part of my tenure and, and my vision for the club is really to unlock that potential that we have in our participation base. You know, I think when I came back to this, this country and looked at the sporting landscape and, you know, parking the fact that I'm a football guy and looking at, you know, where I wanted to apply my trade was, you know, I wouldn't be doing that in, in rugby league or rugby union because I just don't believe the future is bright. Um, you know, we have, we have the luxury of an amazing participation base across uh, the greater Sydney area and, and being able to connect and unlock that participation base with the professional game is the huge opportunity that we've we've got to try and unlock. It's difficult because everyone's been trying to do it for a long time, but I, I think if we're able to do it, we're with a much better a chance of becoming you know, the biggest sporting franchise in the country, and that's, that's ultimately the goal of the club. Yeah, it's a huge potential, the Sydney market, um, but you've still got to compete with Bondi and everything else on a sunny day. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. But uh, talk to me about the derby, Danny. It was disappointing that um, it didn't sell out. Is there... Look, I know when we when I was involved in doing the you know speaking with the FFA earlier on about the fixture and I we I said we said don't fixture a home game before the derby don't fixture a home game after the derby and they go yeah yeah so what do they do they gave you a home yeah. game the derby and then you got another one this week so the fixturing hasn't helped but why yeah, look, didn't the yeah, derby sorry. sell out I mean it's it's something that's an event and Sydney people love an event it was just yeah, yeah. It's surprising it didn't sell out. Yeah, it was disappointing. You know, I think we went close. I think we went to near enough to a thousand general admission tickets left in a forty odd thousand seat arena. Um, that's not a bad effort, um, but at the end of the day, yeah, you're right. It's disappointing that we didn't sell it out. Uh, you know, the trust members are, are a challenge to get there, Tony, as you'd appreciate. And I think when the Bledisloe Cup's on, and given the heritage of those memberships, they're traditionally cricket and rugby focused individuals who are who we're trying to convert into football fans, and you know, I think that that's really as big a challenge as trying to convert football fans at a participation level to support the pro game. So I think there's work to be done there. But if you look at the overall atmosphere in the arena, it was fantastic. The the, the big gaps of seating were in the, with the trust membership area. And we've got to work with Jamie Barclay and his colleagues at the trust to try and engage those guys more effectively and ensure that those six and a half, seven thousand seats that, that they control are filled. Um, so, so yeah, look, I, I think absolutely it's disappointing it wasn't a sellout, but I think it's it's not a the canary in the coal mine is not crowing that there's a problem. I think across the league, the, the fan base is 
or the attendance is, is in a better place than it was previously if you take out the 60-odd thousand that were at ANZ last year, which is a bit of an outlier. Um, so I think, you know, there's work to be done, absolutely, but, you know, it's not... It's not uh, it's not insurmountable, put it that way. We had Greg O'Rourke on the program earlier and uh, we were discussing the, the venue for the FFA Cup final. He said he'll announce it tomorrow. Has he called you yet? Yeah. Uh, well, it depends how many, whether you say called or called that many times. We've, Greg and I have been on the phone a lot today and, and as you can imagine, it's something that we feel passionate about hosting. Um, but equally, you know, the, the FFA have got their decision to make around you know, their fixture and... and if we hope it goes our way. If it doesn't, then we'll, we'll work through that. But yeah, like like your question previously about the fixtures, you know, Tony, we 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 definitely didn't appreciate three home games in a row around the derby. But you know, fix, as you'd appreciate, fixtures are difficult things to 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 lay to bear. And the FFA have given us a fantastic draw as it relates to the performance side of the club because around the Champions League, they've looked after us really well and. Graham Arnold's extremely happy about that, and, and as you know, Tony, Graham, it's difficult to get Graham happy about much. So that was great. Um, but on the commercial side, it's been challenging. But that's why we get paid our money. We're going to make the most of it, and, and we'll do that. Is it likely we, we need to wrap it up? But unfortunately, yep. we might get you on in a few more weeks. But uh, likely that uh, if uh, it's in Sydney, that it will be at Allianz because other stadiums have been thrown up in the conversation. Leichhardt, I understand, is out because of resurfacing. Yep. But would you yep. play away from Allianz if it was in Sydney potentially? Yeah, look, we, we talked about that. And, and look, my view is that if this is a showcase event and the FFA Cup final is going to be an event that in the future continues to grow, um, then then we need it to, to be played at the biggest stadium we can. And, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, as you said, Leichhardt wasn't available. Uh, the other alternative we looked at was Cogra, and it was also unavailable. Uh, but our preference has always been to host at Allianz. We understand the FFA's challenges around, you know, wanting to make sure it's a, a full house and a showpiece, and, and, you know, we'll work with them to, to make that happen if, if Allianz is, is the desired outcome. Danny, thanks for joining us, and uh, good luck uh, over the next couple of weeks. Thanks very much, guys. All the Appreciate best, you having me on. Danny Townsend, the thanks, CEO Tony. of Sydney FC, and uh, as he said, big shoes to fill, but Tony Pignata's got more important things to do these days than hosting football shows on the, on the radio, so uh, we're, we're glad Tony's here. <laughs> thanks, Michael. <laughs> we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with more after this. FNR, Football Nation Radio. <laughs> Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pignata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back and uh, we thank Danny Townsend, the new CEO of Sydney FC and Greg O'Rourke, head of the Hyundai A-Link, for joining us on this program. But just to recap uh, on a couple of the big topics to come out of it, Tony, expansion was one. Uh, we asked Greg about uh, the plans for expansion and where they were at and he basically said, look, they're on hold. They're on hold until we get this uh, mess sorted out with the uh, extraordinary general meeting and uh, sort out a way forward with the clubs and the governance that's holding up the process it must be difficult for all of those interested parties who want to get a team uh, into the a-league in a couple of seasons time one and a half seasons away really yeah it is and, and you really need 12 months to set up a club um to do it right and you know they've, they've got that issue they've got the issue with the operating model so everything's on hold until they can sort this out and it's uh it's disappointing hopefully they can sort of uh Sort it out quickly and move forward and, and let the game grow. If FIFA takes over in in November, it won't happen. D- does that put put this back again? 
For sure. I mean, if FIFA come in, it's uh, basically clean slate, everything, everyone out and start again. So, And you're saying you don't think FIFA will take over in November? They'll reach some sort of compromise? I think so, yep. And the way we discussed it last week with Greg, he didn't feel that that was the case, though, that uh, he was very, very firm on the fact that uh, he needed to push for, for a greater say for, for A-League clubs. In the current model proposed by the FFA, there wasn't enough say for them in it. Yeah, I'm hoping for the sake of the game that they all can, you know, come to a uh, solution and, and move forward because uh, there's a lot of things uh, being held up because of the... Uh of this. And uh, Greg did uh, have his lawyers in at FFA headquarters this week to, uh, to, look, the books. to look at the books. So uh, it'll be interesting to see just how that went. Uh, we will talk to him uh, uh, during the week and we'll report back on, on, on how that went because the EGM is not, uh, not far away now next week. Yeah, maybe we should get Greg back on. <laughs> He'd love that. <laughs> I'm sure he would. And, and great to hear from Danny Townsend, the new Sydney FC CEO. Decision made on the hosting venue of the FFA Cup uh, final tomorrow, as, as Greg revealed. And, uh, gee, I, I don't know, from uh, picking up from the head of the A-League, I reckon it could be in Sydney. They're just looking for a venue. Yeah, well, if all those venues are out, maybe they pick A-League. But, I'm, you know, I want to wish um, Danny all the best because... Um, you know, Sydney's a tough market and, um, you know, he's, uh, I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll do well. And that final that he played in, it was in 1999 against South Melbourne, a team coached by Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, that's right. The current Socceroos coach. So uh, there you go. A bit of football pedigree from uh, the new CEO of Sydney FC. It's been uh, great uh, having you in the studio again, uh, Tony. Another great hour and we thank everyone uh, for tuning in and our guests as well. We'll be back to do it all again next week. This is FNR and the Football Bosses. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Ching, ching, ching.